Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. to be hanging out with my podcast buddies pod pals <laughs> you are one of our few pod pals Anna so we're always excited to hang out with you we are like a, a, a funny little trio of podcasters <laughs> your true crime I'm beauty health wellness business all that kind of jazz but somehow together we are there's a Venn diagram in there somewhere that it all yeah. ties up in the middle <laughs> But I just we'll like hanging, I like hanging out with you, and I like being your mates, and oh. it's good to have podcast pals. We feel exactly the same. <laughs> so uh, you are from Red Handed. Um, I didn't wear the T-shirt. I feel bad now. We this is our second attempt at recording this, and the last time <laughs> I was wearing I was wearing your merch, and now I feel bad that I wasn't. So Hannah is here. Hannah, say hi. Hello. Thanks for having us. Don't worry about the team. I'll send you another one. We got fucking loads. <laughs> <laughs> we do, and they've been all around the country with us. Some of them now <gasps> have coffee things on um, because oh, that's, that's how that's how low key we are. We uh, transport our own merch when we're on tour. <laughs> Not like next it. time. Never yeah. again. <laughs> this is another reason. So that was Saruti, but this is another reason. Like one of the reasons we have bonded is because we both kind of, we we started out these podcasts and we figured it figured it all out ourselves along the way and it, and you've got a very special recording setup because you two record separately which is fantastic given that you now can't actually even get together if you wanted to and so you do loads of troubleshooting and then to make this point when you started out you both had full-time jobs Correct me if I get any of this wrong, because I think the last time we revisited each this story, there may have been Prosecco involved. But you both had full-time jobs, and this hobby and this desire to create a true crime podcast turned into what is now both of your full-time jobs. And you've done incredible things. Hannah, you traveled to New York, and you did a special episode on, was it the Central Park 6? It was, with five, with the yeah. gorgeous Tracy Clayton, who has very recently been featured on This American Life which is amazing. Like I listened to it all the time and I was like, I know that voice. <laughs> I rang Tracy and I was like, you are actually joking. And then recently, um, I'm just going to go off on a massive Tracy rant because I love her. Um, Beyonce did a, um, a Black History Month Instagram post and Tracy was in it. So Beyonce knows Tracy Clayton exists. And she sent it to me and she was just like, oh my God. She might know you also. I just have to say this. My friend was tweeted by The Rock last night. What? I know. Oh my, my friend Lindsay Kelp, friend of the show, tweeted about the fact that she stayed at a hotel in Las Vegas, I think, and was kept up all night by the pain or gain premiere party hosted by The Rock. And she tagged The Rock and said, <laughs> and basically said, I'll ne I never got that sleep back. I'm still exhausted. And he, he replied, apologizing and blaming what Mark Wahlberg because he wasn't actually there. Oh, oh my God. That's, that's such amazing. a story. <laughs> oh, I love Dwayne. So much love. DJ. Um, 
But what I think is incredibly inspiring about the both of you is that you have, you've done this thing that I think there was a lot of focus a few years ago on YouTubers. So people, especially within the beauty industry uh, that I obviously became aware of, because that's my, my jam, but who um, went online, started these YouTube channels, and then they became really significant businesses. And I feel like you are a really good example of people who did that with podcasting, because you had your jobs that weren't anything to do with media, podcasting, broadcast, crime, as far as I know. And <laughs> you've, done, you've done this incredible thing. So that's why I really wanted to get you on Feel Good Habits, because I feel as though any kind of transition like that doesn't come easily and uh, comes with trials and tribulations. And you've always got a smile on your face and you're always really positive. So I wondered, well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the crying happens behind closed doors. My mum always told me that you cry on the bus on the way home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you remember Kelly Catrone? You might be too young for, because um, how old are you guys? I'm 30. Uh, 29, pushing, yeah, pushing the big 3 <laughs> And um, Kelly Catrone, who used to feature in The Hills. I don't know if you ever watched that. I did, but only a little bit. I can only remember Heidi and her different face. (laughs) Well, she was quite a tough uh, business owner and she wrote a book and it was If You Have to Cry, Cry Outside. Yeah, it's true. I think that, uh, I mean, sometimes we'll get overwhelmed, but generally we're quite good at compartmentalising. But I think that's just working out in the big bad world more than anything. Mm. I think so. I mean... Yeah, my previous job was like super, super corporate. So yeah, absolutely. The transition, the transition I would actually say when I left that job and went full time was the easiest bit. That was the best bit. So I was like, yes, thank God. I don't have to do two jobs anymore. I would say the hardest bit was when it stopped. Because I would say the phases of the podcast went from it being a hobby and a creative outlet to becoming a side gig when we started to monetize it. And it was like, hey, like this could be something to when it became okay because Hannah quit her job uh, just like six months or so before I did maybe not even that and it was at that point that it was like loads of pressure because it was like okay this is like actually somebody's livelihood now and I think at that phase there was a lot of pressure because there was still the other job to do and then when it wasn't even when I quit it was when we the two of us between us decided that I could quit Mm -hmm. that pressure was that took so much pressure off that that was probably the turning point at when it stopped being so earth shatteringly difficult. And now it's just like the difficulty of any job, I guess, and the pressures all of us face and all of us yeah. feel. And, you know, it especially was- during this time, I would say Hannah and I, if anything, are incredibly lucky because largely we've been undisrupted by the whole COVID-19 thing and we're still working and we're still recording and we are just so grateful for that so any day when I feel like this is all too much I just remember how grateful we are that we can still be doing it yeah Yeah. totally I think like obviously I think we can probably call ourselves a success now um but it has been extremely hard earned and I think that's um as Saru was saying that that quitting your job was the easy bit it was the bit before where like we would record on a Sunday night and then I would do 12 minutes of the edit because I knew if I did 12 minutes then I could do it and then I would take my laptop into work the next day and on my lunch break I would sit in the bottom of a shower in the shower block and edit for an hour because it was the only place no one could get to me and then I would stay up to one o'clock in the morning every Monday night to edit it and get it finished get it out on Wednesday morning and that was just life for about it a year so intense yeah it was so so intense it was um like as Hannah said the intense editing process that she fully handled for the entire time and also just the fact that 
weekends, evenings, all of that just ceased to exist completely. And obviously anybody, Emma, I'm sure you felt there's like anyone who is entrepreneurial leaving the the role that you left and moving into this. It was just um, everything else fell by the wayside, social life, any kind of downtime, holidays. Nope. It was Monday to Friday, nine to six, nine to seven. It was my job full-time work and then on the train on the commute on the train on the way back during lunch hours every single weekend and evening was this we just didn't see anybody for like two years and now now we're not seeing anybody for, for totally different reasons but uh, yeah, it was but intense that, <laughs> but that's a good point because you talk about the entrepreneurial spirit and everything else falls by the wayside and you mentioned holiday socializing and they're all they are all things that we do to feel good without wanting to yeah. be too twee and to bring it back to the title of the show. <laughs> so, so I wonder within all of that and understanding the calculated risk that you were taking and understanding the word that you were putting in with a, with a view and a hope and an objective to hopefully monetize and turn it into something. What were the strategies that you had in place to feel good? Oh gosh. I don't uh, think we had fact, any. Or did you in fact just put them on hold and say, do you know what? The feeling yeah. good stuff. I, this later. is these are growth pains. Yeah, I think so. I think because there was a good in the first sort of year, 18 months, I think, like there were, I mean, I think for both of us, there were quite a few moments where we were just like, I don't think I can do this anymore. Like yeah. it's, it's too much, it's too stressful, I'm unhappy. But then as soon as that thought sort of formed and left your mouth, something amazing would happen. And then we'd both be like, okay, six more weeks. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think, sorry, and I think for us as well, largely it felt like, it's what you were saying, Emma, it was like, we don't get to feel good now. This is what we really want. And if we really want this to become our full-time jobs, then we have to give it everything. And I think Hannah and I are very similar in the sense that we both believe if you really want something, you just have to work as hard as you possibly can until you either get it or it doesn't work out. And then at that point, at least we can say that we tried. And one of our favorite phrases that we tell each other now when things are good is that remember that we do deserve this because we were in labor with this giant baby of a podcast for two and a half years of agony. And now, yes, we deserve to have this cute little chubby toddler that runs around and, you know, is adorable. <laughs> so... I think at the time it was like, you know, during labor, you're not like, you're just like, this is something I have to get through. And then afterwards I, I get a nice kid, hopefully. That's kind and of it was also the listeners as well, like mm, in terms yes. of like good stuff that would happen would be, you know, we'd get invited to a premiere of something or people would want to know what we thought about something. And you're like, oh, maybe I am this person that people want to hear from. And then listeners would get in touch with you and say incredibly nice things. And you're like, oh, this this isn't actually us just shouting into the abyss and like <laughs> crying on the bus. It Definitely. is impacting other people positively. So I think that's what made me feel better. And also Definitely. just there being there being an end game. I think I felt better as soon as I was like, first of March, I'm out of this job. Yeah. Because I think Same. one of my worst qualities is that in when I had real person jobs, I would work out very quickly the absolute minimum that I could do and I would just do that. <laughs> <laughs> I love your honesty. <laughs> I love your honesty. So I, I had uh, to physically sit there, but in the last six months of my last job, I was not doing any work for them at all. Just make sure that the contract that you signed and all of those things have expired. Exactly. No, uh, they can't true. get me. <laughs> but no, I think that's true. And Emma, to bring it back to your point of like what this episode and what the show is actually about because we're just like talking about how terrible it was 
no, I think definitely during that period of time, there wasn't really much thought, especially not on my part, especially not uh, purposefully into feeling good. That came afterwards. And genuinely the feeling of when we went down to one job and Hannah and I made a promise that not to try not to work, try not to record, try not to edit if we could avoid it during the weekends, because mm-hmm. let's get back to actually working like this is a proper job, which it is now. But then it was like, great, we can go out. We started to have lives again. And then we were on COVID lockdown immediately (laughs) after. So I think now for me, the key thing is, and it's super trite. I'm sure every one of your guests has probably said this, is like trying to have a routine. So I make myself wake up every day at half past seven because that's what I would normally do. And I'm a morning person, so I like to get up early and do my work then. Fixed my parents' cross trainer, so I get to work out making myself do that. Nice. And I've also just heavily been researching into skincare and into like Korean skincare specifically. And I bought a load of that. So I'm just sat around every evening, every morning. I've got my routines now. And it's become like such an exciting part of my self-care. I'm loving it. I'm having a great time. So this is that's what I love. I thought you were going to say, I've been going, I've been deeply researching murders and whatever. No, 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 no. That's for and, the work. That's yeah. happening. But I fell down this big rabbit hole of researching skincare because I just didn't really think about it. Well, I did think about it and I used products, but I was like, I'm being lied to in so many places. And now I know <laughs> and that's that's been empowering. OK, you're going to have to share now. What, what did you uncover? I think it's just the fact that, you know, when you see like beauty products or like skincare products and they're like, this will brighten or this will do this and this will do this. And then I just never read the ingredients or understood what, yeah, I know Emma's face says it all. She's just, her eyes are wide. (laughs) I was just like, they're saying it's going to hydrate my face. They're saying it's going to brighten. Why would they lie to me? Take my money. And then I was like, oh wait, shit. I should probably read the ingredients. And then I researched into actual ingredients and I was like, everything in my, in my, bathroom is a lie so let's buy some new stuff <laughs> well, so, yeah. the reason why my eyes went kind of went went large <laughs> is because as a consumer I was exactly the same as you so before I even got my uh, beauty journalism jobs I was exactly the same I bought into the marketing hype like I yeah. thought that if you used a particular shampoo then when you brushed your hair it looked exactly the way that it looked yeah. on the advert when the model brushed her hair even though her hair texture was different there were probably mm-hmm. extensions in there and everything yeah. And so when I first started going to events and being uh, meeting meeting brands and seeing products for the first time in that sort of context, I bought into every single marketing spiel and blurb because I yeah. thought, like you, not you can believe that people are tell you a version of a story via advertising, but this was face to face. And it wasn't until I went freelance and I started hanging out with real skincare experts like Caroline Hirons and Nadine Baggett. And they, literally, I think I said one day that I used Astral because I used to love a bit of cold cream and they looked like they would, honestly, you'd be researching it for an episode of Red Handed. You're like, this girl went missing because yes. I was letting the side down. It's true, though. I just don't think like, um, well, at least I can't speak for everybody, but I was certainly not an educated beauty consumer. I was just like, this company costs a lot of money. Therefore, they must be legit. Mm-hmm. And therefore, this product must be legit. It must work way better than this product that is half the price because this. But it's like, that's all just marketing money. They're just taking all my money to spend on marketing and not doing any scientific innovation. And then 
basically this has been my big like uh, epiphany moment during COVID lockdown is that I will no longer now be lied to by <laughs> beauty brands. And I bought a load of K-beauty because it's fun. <laughs> we- <laughs> so much to unpick here, but I'm going to move swiftly across to Hannah. This could, be, this could now be a four-hour oh, show. And actually, I'll come back, Emma. We'll do it. Let's I start a podcast. Yes, I just need to come around to your house when COVID-19 is over. Right, talk me through that one. What, why didn't you like that? Why did you like that? Okay. Oh, my God. We should do one where I just show you all of the beauty products I bought and you can evaluate them on a scale of one to fail. <laughs> <laughs> happy to do it although yeah I'll bring Caroline and Nadine along with me for the real for the real um I do I haven't really got a beauty epiphany today actually I'm, I'm a really uh quite intensely lazy person so I've never managed to do any sort of skincare routine and I've also been pretty lucky that I don't have particularly problematic skin in any sort of way so I don't, I don't think I ever really got into it but in terms of like making myself feel nice did my nails yesterday badly I've got one of those um shellac lamps so did that uh but more than that I've just been doing because what I'm finding quite difficult is that uh I live in a shared house and all of my housemates have been furloughed until the 31st of May absolute like minimum uh one of them works in horse racing and there's fuck all of that going on at the moment uh and the other two work for Ted Baker and Dorothy Perkins and there's fuck all high street at the moment too so they're um not doing very much um but I'm obviously still working which I'm very grateful for but it kind of feels a little bit like I've regressed to when we were both working full-time jobs and I would check my email at two o'clock in the morning and like because we're for so long we were so used to running red-handed in spare time Mm -hmm. that now Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Now I'm literally only running red-handed and not doing anything else. I feel like I've gone back in time to a certain extent. Right. I'm yeah. trying to um, not do that. Um, but it's hard when you haven't really got anything else going on. And because we work with um, people in the States quite a lot, like there are emails coming in at two o'clock in the morning from LA and you kind of want to know what they say. So you're just like, oh, yeah. I don't know. I just have a look. Um, but so I'm trying not to do that. I've been doing a lot of craft. A lot of cross stitch, but doing diamond painting, highly recommend that. What's diamond paint? Like, oh, Emma, I'm guessing it's not diamonds that you paint. I haven't uh, taken over a diamond mine during the lockdown. (laughs) Um, Basically, it's like a adhesive sheet, and then it's like paint by numbers, but with teeny tiny bits of plastic, and you get. uh, a tool to like stick them on and you can just do it really like calmly and gently and it doesn't take very much like brain power and you can do it while you're watching Ink Master which is what I've been binging that's like my lockdown <laughs> show 
Uh, there's so much of it. It's all on Amazon Prime. Dave Navarro's in it. Sometimes it's a bit sexist. I had to stop watching it for a couple of weeks, but it, dra- it dragged me back in. <laughs> they're just not very nice to the women tattoo artists, man. They're just not very nice to them. Like when they stand up for themselves, they get told they're psychotic. But when the men stand up for themselves, that's like so a good thing. I have a, I have a re- I, for some reason, every time I watch tattoo fixes, I am transfixed. But I just don't understand why the cover-ups have to be so big. Like, I've got a little smiley face on my nipple. Here's an entire chest plate. <laughs> yeah, I just don't understand. Good TV, Anna. Good TV, that's it. And Alice did our tattoos. Lovely what? Alice. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's my favourite. Yeah, she's the best. Oh, she's the best. She, um, we mentioned tattoo fixers on the show <laughs> um, because they had a couple who were, uh, a married couple who were cousins. And it was, you know, on Facebook and you've just got yes, that screen of like little videos. I was watching that and I just brought it up on the show. Oh, did you see that episode of Tattoo Fixers? And then Alice sent us a message on Instagram and she was like, I love your show. And then we were like, we have been wanting to get matching tattoos for ages. Will you do it? And she was like, yeah, great. I'm based in Hereford. So on our last day of freedom, the last Friday before lockdown, (laughs) uh, our assistant Seb took the train up to Hereford and got tattoos by Alice. It was hilarious. She's so great. What did you get? I'll send you a photo because I feel like it doesn't show that clearly on the uh, webcam. It's a briefcase for the business because it was a joke that Hannah and I had for ages about a briefcase. (laughs) Yeah, every time we do something businessy, like sign a contract or sell something, we'll just like send each other the little emoji of a briefcase. (laughs) Is it like a code? If you touch your tattoo, it means yeah, we're going to sign this. Good, good business today. Top business. Good business. It's how we sign off every meeting. We're like, all right, guys, good, good business. Good business. Well done. Everyone that. was very businessy today. <laughs> Did you feel like that was because beforehand you were very corporate, Saruti, and then remind me, mm. Hannah, exactly what you were doing because it was more artistic, right? Yeah, I worked for a theatre. I worked um, as assistant to the chief exec of a West End theatre. Uh, I did that for two years. So I think the transition to then running your own business, like you have, like there's a backbone that you have to grow when you're making decisions about your own money and about your own potential earning, was that, um, did you get advice anywhere or was it the fact that you had each other or how did you? I think we're incredibly lucky that we're, we're a really good team Mm -hmm. and we have a lot of skills that complements the other. So like Saru has had a lot of management training. She's had a lot of business plan training. Whereas my, um, professional life was a lot more admin based and like not as exciting, but I know how to write a contract and I know how to do a budget. And all of the live stuff, like I, I worked in a corporate space, but also in live events. So I used to produce um, corporate international conferences, but like I'd never worked on the actual putting together literally of the live event. I would just go there and handle the speakers and the content side. So Hannah coming from a theatre background and not even just working in there, but having that passion for theatre. When we did the live events, I was like, what's that? what do they mean by a rider? What do they mean when they email us about this? I have literally no idea. So Hannah's absolutely right that it completely has been lucky in that if if you were to put together a team of two people to bring various skill sets in, it just seemed to happen that way. And um, yeah, I'm just incredibly grateful for the previous job that I was in. It was almost like I was prepped to go and run my own business because my previous boss was very entrepreneurial he used to say in the role that I was in in production, it was all about 
pretend this is your own money. What decision would you, whenever I asked him, what do you think I should do? He'd be like, if this was your own money, what would you do? And he'd be like, and that's the right answer. So I was very lucky in that I had a fantastic, I had two fantastic managers and the only two jobs I had after I left uni and both of them pushed for entrepreneurialism. And so, yeah, when we left it, now I actually do get to do it for myself rather than role-playing like I was doing it for myself. <laughs> so no, we're we're very lucky for sure. And now we've just brought a third person into the team, Seb, who is our like latest red-hander, which is really exciting. And uh, he brings a whole new subset of skills because he's like a child. He's like 22 yeah. and he knows and he knows about Reddit and he knows about Discord and he knows about all of these things that we just don't understand. So he's down with the kids. Yeah. And, that's and he can video it. edit. And if I have to teach myself how to edit another type of media, I'll jump out the fucking window. So he can just do it for us. So Seb no. handles all of that, all of the young people stuff Seb deals with. <laughs> I love the fact that he's seven years younger than you and you're calling him down with the kids. But he says all the time, we're like basically the same age. And I'm like, and the fucking rest of like, he's like we're just like two years apart are we and I'm like and the fucking rest of it mate like you're how old are you and he's like 22 and I'm like I'm 30 there's eight years between us yeah like, hey. but I don't know I don't know <laughs> no like socially we get on very well he's fantastic otherwise we never would have hired him but like sometimes I'm just like Seb just look into this I don't know and I don't have the time to know so figure it out <laughs> so that's exciting it's the next milestone for us for sure it is good stuff it is all good stuff that you're doing and so I'm curious as well I think something I'd be interested to tap into in terms of feeling good because I think as much as having something in your arsenal to go right I'm gonna I feel crappy and I'm going to feel good um, and I know that like doing yoga or going for a walk might do that I also think there's something to be said for having goals in the distance and knowing when you can enjoy that your rewards. And I know that you've already said, you know, we have this saying, but I wonder, you're obviously, you must be thinking ahead. I would imagine, Saru, that you've got, I don't know, a five-year plan or you're the one who's got some sort of spreadsheet. I, I, I love a spreadsheet. I, I do know. love a spreadsheet. We have so many. Um, I think that's the thing is like, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely big picture, but right now it feels kind of hard to know what the next stage is going to be because we have so many irons in the fire already and there are so many things that before lockdown we sort of got to the stage of contracting so tours live events things like that obviously all of that's now been kind of put on hold slash moved into next year other than that I don't know how much we can I don't know it feels like as much as I would love to have a five-year plan, I feel like we're working towards about an 18-month plan because right. of COVID. Mm. Um, and then I think a lot of it is because we're going to be doing it for the very first time. It's see how it goes, see if we enjoy it, see if we're good at these kind of other things we're branching out into. And if we are, then let's keep going. And Hannah and I are very dedicated to our Patreon. That's what one of the key mm-hmm. things we need to build. And also we talk endlessly about starting other podcasts. So maybe we'll do that. Who knows? There's so much. <laughs> I think it's a difficult, like, because we at the very minimum put out one show a week, obviously at the moment we're doing a lot more. Mm. Um, and because of the, of just the, I mean, you know, Emma, you do fucking loads. Like the, just the rate that we produce content and because we want it to be good. I think it would be a different kettle of fish if we, we spent six months making a serialized podcast on one mm. thing. 
And then we put that out and see how that went. And then we'd be like, all right, what's next? But that's not really the model that we work with. So it's just sort of, I mean, who knows? I mean, we just, I think really the, the proper plan is world domination. We're just going to keep doing what we're doing. Exactly. <laughs> Until it, it doesn't like work anymore. Exactly. It feels like we're in a really good place with things at the moment. So we're just yeah. sort of trying to, we've spent a lot of time spinning a lot of plates. And right now I'd say every year I wanted to, I like called that a something year. So first year was like momentum building. Then it was like, you know, compounding. This year feels, this year has been questionable because of COVID, but it feels like a diversifying year because we need to find other ways because we can't depend on live, um, live event revenue coming in live show revenue coming yeah, in anymore yeah. so yeah this has been an interesting opportunity for us so yeah we'll call 2020 the year of diversification and we'll go from there <laughs> I think that's the thing it's an opportunity and I guess finally uh before we wrap up the one thing I would be interested to ask you both about um in terms of strategies for feeling good within this dynamic is you are a duo you work together you obviously at some point would have decided right one of us will be able to go full-time first how do you flip that coin do you play paper scissors rock all, all of that kind of stuff like the dynamic of a partnership can sometimes have its ups and downs and I wondered if you guys have found a way of managing that so that when there are tensions on one side or the other on both sides which inevitably will happen in any kind of dynamic how you are able to best get through them as quickly as possible and learn from them so that the same thing doesn't happen again. You just got to talk about it, really. I think that's like, we're very lucky that it happens incredibly rarely. Um, but when it does, uh, you, you've just, you can't sit on it because it just gets so much worse. So you, I think what we've learned over the last three years is just being very like upfront and like saying it in a nice way and be like, not trying to be a dick here, but can you please? Or like just trying <laughs> to frame it like that. Yeah, rather I think than waiting and having yeah, a huge blowout, it's communication, right? It is, and I think that's the key thing. Is because not uh, Hannah and I are obviously good friends now, as well as business partners. But we didn't know each other before we started the show. Not really. We knew each other for like four months or something before we decided to hit record. So I think it's just been luck, but also just the fact that just being adults, being trying to be mature women in hashtag business briefcase and just trying to be like respectful of each other and um, communication. And again, it comes down to how much do you want this and what's more important? Is it more important to be petty and have an argument about something that doesn't really matter? Or is it because you want this podcast to succeed and you find a way to do it? So I think, yeah, if somebody wants something, they'll find a way to do it. And, That's the yeah. thing. And like, just remembering how lucky we are as well. Like we're incredibly lucky. Obviously we've worked very hard, mm. um, but uh, we're lucky to be in the situation that we are, that we're you know working for ourselves and doing all right at it. So you, you, I, it's what Saru said, you put it into perspective. Just like, mm, is yeah. it really that important? This very small thing that I'm irritated about. And then you just go to yeah. sleep and forget about it. <laughs> exactly. I think the gratitude of having the show out far outweighs any day-to-day -day petty feelings you may have about anything and yeah I think it's also just luck I would say if anybody's going to go into business or start a partnership with somebody like make sure you mutually have a good understanding a good way of communicating and that you like and respect and trust each other I think that's mm -hmm. the thing I would say is even if Hannah and I don't always agree or see eye to eye I trust her implicitly with everything so that makes that's the foundation of everything 
And I think in a way, a bit of me is quite glad that we weren't mates before because then we sort of got to know to each other in, in a business setting mm-hmm. first and foremost. And I think if you do start something with your with a mate that you've had for a long time, there is inevitably going to be some emotional baggage there that is not actually anything to do with the thing you're trying to create. So I think that can be quite tricky sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's also quite high stakes if you start it with your best friend and then it yeah. falls out and then you, you've you lost a friend as well. But no, we've just been lucky that we've gained a business and gained a friendship. So we're just very lucky. One of my closest friends is an excellent PR. She is an absolutely brilliant, she's an expert in public relations. And when I started the podcast, she every now and again we'd have dinner and she'd say something and then we'd look at each other and she'd just go, it's never going to fucking happen. <laughs> I love it too much. It's never happening. It's never happening. She's like, you can pick my brain until for hours, and I do the same for her about certain things. But she's like, well, we're never formalizing this. <laughs> That's good to understand, isn't it? It's good yeah. to know about your friendship and your sort of the boundaries you have. There are people mm-hmm. that some of my best friends but I'm like would I live with you would I start a business with you absolutely not so yeah it's just be careful who you pick and then try really hard and then have perspective there you go or just pick a random girl at a party and cross your fingers because that That's is essentially it. what happened random girls at parties who enjoyed murder yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> it's been so fun to chat to you about your feel-good habits and about uh, lots of things and I think you've added real value I always think I always get to the end of an episode and think is someone going to listen to this and have um have received value get nutritional value out of it and I always think that you guys deliver and oh, if you aren't you. already people you have to listen to red-handed you really do thank you it's we'll be here come listen it's such a podcast <laughs> and um the banter between you two and the way you investigate these cases is just excellent. So thank you so much for being on the show. The links to you both will be in the show notes, obviously. But Hannah and Suruti, thank you and goodbye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.